0: Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we gave you all the highlights of Winter 2023 in the last episode, but now it's time to watch the world burn, and we're all gonna gather around to witness the trash fire that are the worst, maybe not worst, but like the most trashy five shows from Winter 2023's anime
1: season. We got more trash than your dumpster has room for.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot, Best Buds, so uh, only stick around if you are not of the faint of heart. Um, but first, we're going to hit you with a little banter, a little bit of news, and then we'll dig right into that delicious helping of meat and potatoes. Up first, uh, let's talk about some manga I've been reading, because I've been doing that lately. It's... uh it's nice i i've I've like made a commitment to myself to like read on the train and it's like really helped with my days um though i have also noticed that uh i have to be a little selective with the manga i bring on the train um because this morning i definitely had like some surprise boobs pop up that's my favorite kind of boobs (laughs) <laughs> well, like the worst part was uh so the the one I'm referring to is I was reading this uh manga called Hell's Paradise, and I specifically brought it because I know like <clears throat> Gantz is uh is pretty risky. Uh I can't read like Gigant or anything like that. Um but I or even like my, <laughs> bring, like, my dress up darling. Especially my dress up darling. Right. So I'm I started Hell's Paradise, which is um basically like suicide squad but with like ninjas um they like send a bunch of like convicted uh to the death like people um to this like paradise island to find the elixir of life and so it's like very battle and like sword fighty, but just randomly like one of the characters has like these flashes of like her naked and like <clears throat> kind of like venom symbiote kind of style bodies like clinging to her mm-hmm. and it's like very weird and like just kind of like representational of what's going on but i'm like sitting on the train like dude i just want to read my manga not have people think i'm like a sex fiend too bad <laughs> yeah so um some of the highlights i want to point out uh are i I read the second volume of freer which uh, continues to be great i can't wait uh for that um anime to come out um gants uh who is by the author who did uh gigant which i've talked about previously um which i read a long time ago is the first um uh what's the word i'm looking for not shonen um the thing above that older shonen
1: seinen Seinen.
0: Yeah, Seinen. Um is like the first Seinen manga I ever read. So revisiting that's been uh pretty fun. It's it it is actually a really good manga. And kind of my favorite, which came out of nowhere, was Oshino Koi. Yeah, um, I was really surprised best... when you said
1: you were reading this one.
0: Yeah, I, I picked it up because I was like, I've been looking for manga to read, and it was at the top of so many lists. And like just knowing the baseline story, I was like, eh, we'll check it out. I started reading it, and the way it was done was so interesting that even though the story didn't catch me at first, I kept reading it. And by the time the first volume ends, it takes a hard left um, and is really good and I see where it's going from here and I'm like oh I see why this is so popular this is a really rad story so uh I think that's coming out next season right um I believe so yes yeah so that's definitely one to keep an eye on and I think it's gonna be one that like a lot of people unless they do it really well will like kind of write off in the beginning but then it's gonna be like something everyone is talking
1: about yeah it's gonna be one of those shows where like most people check out i think in, in like the first two episodes and then you have your friend who's like me who's like no you have to keep watching you have to watch it gets crazy yeah no this one i i'm i'm really
0: excited for you to experience it best boy justin
1: yeah i'm, I'm pretty interested in it i've been waiting for the anime to come out so i haven't read the manga even though it's like been on the top of like you said like every list um so i'm excited for it yeah
0: uh, and then the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about in my banter section was, while I was looking up news um, for this episode, I stumbled upon this article, and we're not going to go too deep into it, um, because we have a bunch of other stuff we want to cover today, but it, it, something I thought was interesting was, uh, it was a piece written by an author who made the connection between shonen protagonists and neurodivergence, and as, even just reading the headline, I was like, "Oh my god, that makes so much sense." Um, you know, growing up with uh, ADD, which I guess is ADHD nowadays, like a lot of the same traits I have, I see in Shonen protagonists, and I'm like, I wonder if that was what kind of originally drew me to the genre. And when you really think about it, there's a lot of representation of things like ADHD and autism within it. And they're kind of really great messages too, in the sense that when you look at things like, um, you know, My Hero Academia, where you have this character that's kind of told that they'll never like fit in with this society and whatnot. And then they kind of like find their own way and their own inner power. Um, uh, the, The one with Asta, what's it? called um, uh black clover black clover yeah that's another uh, example of of that kind of uh protagonist and i mean like goku is a a very great example of like someone who's like definitely kind of neurodivergent autistic kind of traits to him just an interesting thing to think on um and you know I, i think more than anything it's it's more coincidental in just the way they're written but I think it, these are, you know, a lot of good, maybe not Goku, but <laughs> a lot of good characters
1: for uh
0: neurodivergent neurodivergent friends to look up to.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't raise your kids like Goku. But... Yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> Moving on to my section, I didn't really have a whole lot to talk about this week. Um, I did want to talk about, though... Um... A new, a, a new experience that I'm having. So basically, long story short, I've, I've been... Uh, all of my time has been eaten up. I'm studying for an exam that I need to take for a job that I want. And so I'm basically... I'm studying between like, you know, like 5 and 12 hours a day. So I haven't had the time that I usually have to watch anime. So it's been interesting to me to see the shows that I'm watching... When I can only afford to watch maybe one or two episodes of anime a day, um, and it, it's interesting because like normally, all the shows that I want to watch in a given season, I just watch. You know, like I have, I have the time to do that. I don't, you know, either before bed or you know when I get home from work or whatever the case may be. I make some time to watch anime, um, but now I have to be kind of picky and choosy about what I've been watching. So what I've been watching. For the most part, um, this season I've been watching Trigun. I've been watching mm. um, uh, Buddy Daddies. Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, The Princess and the Magical Revolution. And okay. um, Ningen Fushin, The, okay. uh, the, the uh, Adventurers Who Hate Despise Humanity one. And uh, Ipon again. Those are the the kind of major ones. I watch an episode or two of other things, like you know when I when I when I've watched all of those shows. But for the most part, the shows that I'm caught up on are those like what four about, or five uh, shows. My Hero and Blue Lock. My Hero, yes. Blue Lock, no. Um, oh, oh, you have some wonderful things coming up on Blue Lock for you then. <laughs> well, I don't have time for it, and it didn't make the list. Um, but even My Hero, I've been tending to only watch it like every other week. Like, Mm. uh, like, I'll I'll wait a week and I'll just watch two episodes in a row. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, those are the kind of shows that I've, you know, when I now that I have to budget my time wisely um, that I have been watching. Um, So I was surprised to see Buddy Daddy on that list. I like Buddy Daddies. Buddy Daddies is fun. No,
0: it's it's a good show. I just I would have thought uh, I guess there's not like a ton of like slice of life stuff this season.
1: No and like part of it is like the main the big one that I had been watching which is Kubo um Won't Let Me Be Invisible right. is is delayed um so there's that and yeah I guess the other show cuz like like it's not like I'm not watching other shows but I'm not near like anywhere near caught up on
0: them you know right
1: um Yeah
0: <laughs> so you're just like me
1: in a normal anime season Yeah pretty much uh, I'm a scrub no, but um it, it's yep. been an interesting exercise to choose which shows I'm going to stay caught up on. Um, so that's I,
0: I always find it interesting too, because you've you end up realizing like what shows are more specifically tailored to your taste in that time period too, because it's it's not always the best shows or the most interesting shows. Like sometimes you'll have one where it's just like, I know this one's not good, but like I'm enjoying it right now,
1: yeah yeah absolutely um and you know I think uh I don't know i i I would rather just be able to watch everything but it's been an interesting experience to have to to pick and choose so yeah with all that out of the way got our banter covered I think it's time for us to check in with studio Web for some anime news.
0: That's right, best buds. We got more anime news than they found aliens buried under the Antarctic after the ice caps
1: have melted. So what? Like more than three... don't let them tell you
0: otherwise. It's already it's already happened. They already found the aliens. I mean, I saw the Not Stargate SG One movie, so <laughs> I, I know. Um, but yeah, uh, up first, we're gonna talk. I guess it's a little crime news. Also, X Files.
1: Um.
0: So the a very special report was done by Variety Intelligence Platform and piracy research firm Muso, uh, and it revealed that. Chainsaw Man and Bleach were among 2022's most pirated series in the US, with Chainsaw Man taking second place and Bleach taking sixth. In fact, anime titles made up 50% of the most pirated series in the US last year. The top 10 most pirated titles and their respective share of piracy uh, are as follows. So number one, we have House of Dragons. Uh number two, Chainsaw Man. Number three, Running Man Season One. I haven't even heard of that one.
1: Isn't that a movie? Uh
0: number. Mm. Uh, <laughs> number four, we have Rick and Morty season six. Five, Moon Knight season one. Six, Bleach, seven, The Eminence in Shadow, which I'm seeing all over the place as being really popular. I also think um, the
1: reason why that's being pirated is because it's on high dive.
0: That's fair. <laughs> um, but it's like known enough, even on High Dive, that people are wanting to get at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great show. Um,
0: uh, Number 8, Lord of the Rings, Ring of Power. Number 9, Spy Family. And number 10, Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2.
1: It's interesting. That's an interesting Uh, list.
0: It is. And, like, some of it makes sense. Um, Like, Chainsaw Man doesn't surprise me. Bleach doesn't really surprise me. Um, Spy Family doesn't surprise me. But... Yeah, Rising of the Shield Hero, I guess I didn't see. <laughs> I'm also kind of surprised Moon Knight is, like, the number one, like,
1: pirated I, Disney show, but that's a whole nother story. I'm surprised they were even able to get it with how aggressive Disney is with their anti-piracy stuff. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Um, but in a kind of the opposite of piracy, uh, <laughs> we're going into intense capitalism. Oh, God. Aggressive. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in honor of Sailor Moon's 30th anniversary, luxury fashion brand Jimmy Choo is coming out with a series of shoes and accessories based on Sailor Guardians and reimagined by fashion designer Sandra Choi. Um... The Jimmy Choo X Sailor Moon collection uh, went on sale on the fourteenth of February uh, and has shoes ranging anywhere from eight hundred to two thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. But if you're a <laughs> but if you're a poor, you can pick up the cheapest thing in their collection, which is a Sailor Moon keychain for four hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus, no! Thank I, you. I was like. Uh, do me a favor click on the link and just take a look at like the stuff there
1: (laughs) i'm looking at it right now it doesn't it doesn't show the stuff though it just says it's just available in select stores
0: Oh, they must have taken it down. It must have been like one day. So, Ooh. I guess you all don't get to get your two thousand dollar Jimmy Choo sailor shoes.
1: It says, "Oh my god, that's a that's a sentence to say." It says February fourteenth to March thirteenth. It just doesn't have any. Just doesn't show anything. That's weird. Yeah.
0: Oh, they well, knew we were because, coming. Uh, maybe they sold out online.
1: Yeah, maybe. That's expensive. So.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it it is interesting that there has been such a push for this kind of like high fashion meets anime. Um it kind of like started with streetwear, but you know, it it definitely is kind of moving into more mainstream brands. So it'll be interested to see how it progresses from here. Yeah. Um, and then to kind of wrap up my section, I guess I've been Doing a lot of this lately, so we're gonna make it its own section and that's numbers with Dan Numbers with Dan Up first, I want to talk about how uh the official Twitter account for the My Hero Academia manga revealed that the manga has sold over 85 million copies in circulation worldwide. This is a 20 million jump from this time last year, which the My Hero has been out for like I would say god at least 7 years um so the fact that it's like growing even more now shows that like just how insanely well it's doing worldwide yeah that's a crazy
1: jump 20 million copies that's it's a lot
0: yeah in just a year like and that's essentially like a quarter of its growth just in the last year so yeah. uh i i think it also helps that this season has been such a banger
1: yeah, I think, I think a lot of the recent developments in the show are probably part of the reason why, like, maybe people who dropped it or who just, like, kind of fell out of, you know, touch with it just were all of a sudden like, oh, I should catch up on this, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, but I got some more interesting numbers to throw out at you. Um, this, this week's all manga related. We're not going to get into any of the box office stuff, um, though there is some interesting things happening there. So maybe we'll revisit it next time. Um, But, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the NPD book scan, uh, because manga has taken it over. It's got all 20 of the top slots, uh, which is the first time since July of 2022 that that has happened. Uh, no other adult graphic novels have, uh, cracked the top 20 other than manga. Um, so, I, because we have talked about them before, and I will probably reference it again, uh, I want to like lay the stage as to what the NPD BookScan is. It collects weekly point-of-sale data on print books from over 16,000 locations, including e-tailers, chains, mass merchandisers, independent bookstores, and more. NPD BookScan covers approximately 85% of the U.S. trade print book market. Uh, the ranks on this chart are based on... Uh, piece sales uh some publishers classify titles that are primarily text or art books as graphic novels um these are typically removed from the list so um i think what stands out to me is chainsaw man dominates it absolutely yeah hard it's what 11 of the top 20 slots which is how many volumes of chainsaw man are out currently um and not only that, Tatsuki Fujimoto before Chainsaw Man 17 through 20, which is a collection of his short stories, mm-hmm. is also up on the list. And I know that one came out recently, uh, which is probably the reason why we don't see something like Fire Punch on here, which is another one of his series. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, the other standout one from there is that uh, Spy Family holds three of those slots, Um And then it's kind of like a lot of uh, single things that have come out. So number two is actually Kaiju number eight, volume five, which I think is interesting that volume five is so high up there. Uh, That's a series I'm interested in checking out too. Um, Yeah, and uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba uh, Demon Slayer is uh, number 10 uh, with its first volume. And of course, One Piece also makes it on the list with volume 101 at number 11. Mm -hmm. But anime's taken over.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think as far as like physical book sales are concerned, I'm not too surprised about that because like I, I read a lot too, um, b- besides manga. Not, not not as much as I used to, but uh, most of the reading that I do is eBooks. Um, the only physical books that I buy on a regular basis are manga. Um, I don't know why, yeah. but that's just how it is. Well, I think there's something that say about like the collection aspect
0: of it too yeah um so yeah that's pretty neat yeah and then to kind of wrap it up uh we're going to take a look at the new york times bestseller list for graphics uh graphic books and manga uh and what is interesting to note is that six manga volumes have appeared on it Uh, Number five goes to uh, Chainsaw Man volume one. Uh, Kaiju number eight volume five takes uh, the ninth place slot. Tenth place goes to Chainsaw Man volume two. 12th place goes to spy family volume one 13th place goes to chainsaw man volume three and Jujutsu kaisen volume 18 rounds it out at 15 so even in the new york times list which is a little bit more expansive and not just focused on uh adult uh graphic novels and manga just kind of the whole swath it's still taking up a good you know six of the top 15
1: yeah that's so pretty it's that's pretty impressive <laughs>
0: This is not the world we grew up in. (laughs) Manga is is here, and people are loving it, and I'm so happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you love to see more people buying and and, uh, enjoying manga. It's always a good thing.
0: So, I think with my section over... Best Boy Justin, I'm going to hand it over to you to uh, fill everyone in on the COVID delays.
1: Yeah, so we, we just have a couple updates for you. Um, some stuff that we talked about last episode uh, and then some new stuff. Uh, first off, Beauforty, um, the second season, uh, episode seven, um, is being delayed by two weeks due to COVID-19. Um, bummer. Yeah, huge bummer. Love that show. Yeah. Um, also, we have Near Automata, um, the episode four. So the show will be resuming after a delay um, on February 18th. Um, so I believe by the time this episode is out, it should be back on air. Um, and then yeah, get your uh, panty flashes and machine fights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then finally, for our COVID delay updates, we have Con Cole season two, the finale episode will be airing on March 25th. So that is a huge delay. Um, But at least they have a date now. Um, Yeah. And speaking of dates, I think we can just roll straight on into our next section here where we've got some new releases and uh, um, release updates. Um, Do you want to... I guess I'll start off with this next one because I like this show. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, Licorice Recoil. So they're uh, announcing a new animation project. They haven't quite specified exactly what it is. There is a lot of speculation going around. Um, I think OVA is probably um, the thing that people think is most likely at the moment. There are some talks also about a movie, maybe even a compilation film, which would be kind of a bummer. Um, But all told, you know, more Licorice Recoil is something that I'm very excited for.
0: Yeah, Uh, something I'm interested to see is going to be the new Pokemon anime uh, has announced an April 14th debut, and this is the one without ash pokemon without ash yeah it's it's gonna be wild i think i also heard that uh jesse and james are going away too which makes me equally as sad
1: i wonder if maybe they're going away to start a throuple i hope so that's my Um, new um, headcanon (laughs)
0: <laughs> I was gonna make a meowth joke, but instead I'm gonna transfer into the masterful cat is depressed again today, uh, which announced a July debut. I know nothing about it. I am just enamored with that title.
1: It sounds like it might be kind of a bummer. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want the cat to be depressed. Uh,
0: I saw like the picture that went along with this, and it's like a person and then like a person-sized cat oh, in my. like a butler outfit
1: standing behind them. So it should be interesting <laughs> okay um next up we have firefighter daigo of fire company m um tv anime has revealed that it is going to have a fall premiere um so that's very exciting i'm really looking forward to this one um and oh wow this next one looks good i haven't i haven't seen this list yet but Summon to another world again um he's gonna Are be having an April 8th one? debut no i'm not i've never heard this one
0: I just, again, the title enamored me.
1: <laughs> I mean, just what I know off of the title, I'm assuming, is this an isekai where someone gets isekai out of their isekai? Because that would be I, hilarious. I mean, I guess we'll find
0: out, and you know we will report it to all you best buds out there. Yeah,
1: we heard you like isekai, so we isekai your isekai protagonist. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um... Also, uh, Netflix dropped the monster, the anime, uh, it's streaming now. So, um, we started watching it and it was really good. Um, it's like a very like intense psychological drama, like murder, mass murder story. So it's worth checking out if you're into that. Um, it's available now. Uh, and then, uh, We also found out that the Demon Slayer Swordsmith Village arc uh, first episode is going to be screening in North American theaters on March 3rd. Um, So, yeah, if uh, you want a chance to go see that, buy your tickets now.
1: Finally, in updates we have for Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, the English dub is released as of February 5th. Um, So, you know, if you were waiting for the English dub for this show, for whatever reason, if that was the thing holding you back, you have no excuse. Go watch it. And that's absolutely it for Gundam related content for the entire episode. Just kidding. We have Gundam news. A Gundam's headed here. That's right, Best Buds, we got a little bit of Gundam news for you in my news section today. Um, Cruncher will announce the English dub cast for Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, but controversy over the Suleta role has reign- uh, reignited discussion over the company's move to in-person dubbing in Texas and representation within the industry. Um, the dub is set to premiere with Jill Harris as Suleta and uh, Natalie Van Sistine as Miren. Uh, Voice actors in the anime industry have indirectly uh, referenced the casting on Twitter, including actor Nazee Tarsha, who will appear in the series as uh, Lauda. Um, Tarsha wrote, It pains me to write this on a day that should be filled with nothing but celebration and admiration towards my peers, to feel as though there is a corporate flyer with a risk assessment eval stating how much one can get away with before receiving an ordered amount of backlash. We can sit here and argue the merits of, Right for the role versus autocast because of ethnicity, but let's also not pretend that the quality provided by minority actors is less than the quality of their peers. Um, inclusion gives us the ability to hide, uh, to tell the stories of our backgrounds. Tarsha went on to mention character coding, a term used when a story does not outright reference a character's minority background, but the context within the narrative points to the character's minority status. Um, In the case of Witch for Mercury, viewers have shared that Suleta is Middle Eastern or North African coded. Um, This interpretation is based on the anime's prologue episode where Eri, presumed to be a young Suleta, and her parents are first introduced. Eri's father is Nadim Samaya, uh, a name that has Arabic, Hebrew, and Indian origins. Uh, Multiple anime voice actors shared Tarsh's Twitter thread. In a now-deleted Twitter thread posted yesterday, um, Anaeris Quinones Uh, From Sword Art Online, the movie Progressive uh, and Attack on Titan wrote, It's very disappointing that despite all the resources publicly available to find diverse talent, minority voice actors still cannot have the opportunity to represent themselves for an extremely rare and groundbreaking minority lead in anime, especially an MENA that's a Middle Eastern, North African uh, queer lead. Quinones has since temporarily deleted her Twitter and Facebook accounts. I wonder if that has anything to do with cyberbullying. Probably does. Um, while discussion over Soleta's casting took center stage, that does not mean the anime's cast lacks any representation. Alejandro Saab, who will voice uh, Shadi, let his fans know that he is one of two uh, Middle Eastern North African actors featured in the dub. The dub cast list also includes actors of Cari- uh, Caribbean, African, and South Asian heritage. Um, the discussion resources and representation came to a head last year as Crunchyroll moved back to in-person dub recording at its studio in Texas. After dozens of dubs produced remotely, uh, mainly uh, many using talent from around the country, Crunchyroll confirmed in May 2022 that they had moved back to bringing Texas-based talent into the studio. Uh, Anime News Network confirmed with multiple industry sources familiar with Crunchyroll's dubbing procedure that the company is not only bringing Texas talent in-house, but is focusing on casting Texas talent-based uh Texas-based talent in its dubs. The Crunchyroll representative did not confirm that the company had told um, ADR directors to focus on only hiring Texas-based actors or was actively avoiding hiring talent outside of Texas. Uh, Crunchyroll uh, roles going to talent based outside of Texas in spring 2022 uh, dropped to less than half than that of winter 2022. This is partially explained by the heavier use of Texas-based ADR directors compared to last season. Uh, but even shows directed outside of Texas had significantly fewer remote castings than in the winter. Uh, notably, Texas is a right-to-work state, meaning that state laws curtailing unions will likely make organizing actors uh, to demand a contract much more difficult. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh, it's one of those it's one of those things that to people who don't care about this sort of thing, it seems like a nothing burger. Right. Because they're like, oh, well, look, there's you know, there's other actors of color here. So why do you why does this one need to be? And the, the answer is because there are so few opportunities, especially you, you can talk about actors in general um, who are people of color. But a, specifically within the voice acting um, field, there are so few opportunities for for actors of color. Um, and so to have one you know, kind of go to someone who's not a person of color. It's it's a loss, you know, it's a loss of opportunity for someone who could really use one. Um Yeah. Especially in this industry which tends to only value a specific type of voice. Um Yeah, it's just very frustrating. Um I think to me, one of the standout
0: points of this story too is what all of the implications of moving everything in-house into Texas uh, brings with it, too. Yeah, that's not um, an accident. As you may or may not know, Texas is famously diverse state. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, but especially if you are only hiring within that area... Um, a to avoid you know unionization which is a whole nother issue that we've tackled on this podcast before um and one that we want to keep drilling because that's a whole nother issue but it, it has these other effects to it too right where you're if you're only hiring within a state that is, does not have that sort of you know demographic representation to it you're not going to be hiring actors that represent the characters that they're portraying. Yeah. Um, especially if you're not looking and you're getting from, you know, notes from higher up, like, cause no one believes that they're, you know, they're like, oh yeah, hire whoever's best for the role. They're like, hire who's in Texas and won't unionize
1: against us. Exactly. And, and one of the other things that we're, you know, that that's not immediately considered by this story is that like, yes, they are moving to Texas. That is not an accident. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason why, um elon musk is moving he wants to move his tesla factories to texas it's because of the fact that they can't organize there um, but the hidden dimension to this too is that moving away from remote dubbing which worked perfectly fine during covid there's no reason not to means that actors actors of color who are all who already have a disadvantage are now faced with the choice of if i want to work you know, in the the industry, I have to move to Texas. And, you know, given what we know about what the access to resources that people of color have, as opposed to to white people, um, that's a choice that's harder to make for an actor of color than it would be for a white actor. You know, not saying that that everybody's circumstances are exactly the same just because you're white, but like, statistically, yes, white actors would have more of an opportunity to pick up and move somewhere than an actor of color might. Um, So, you know, that's just one of the many problems with this story. But uh, it doesn't look like Crunchyroll is going to be budging on that anytime soon.
0: No, but I think, you know, it's one of those things where truth needs to be spoken to power. And this is something that needs to be called out. And it's, you know, something to keep an eye on and to demand more, you know, when people raise this up, like, speak up, you know, yeah. s- demand that you want representation in this, because um, a lot of voices can make a lot of noise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: moving on to our next story, we've got to take some time to pour one out for a real OG. Um, anime.com Incorporated publisher and co-founder Michael Pinto reported on Twitter on Sunday. That James uh, Kapostas, a longtime Otakon staffer who uh, was recognized in the U.S. anime fandom as the first known person to create an anime music video, has passed away. Um, In 1982, when he was a 21-year-old college student, Kapostas hooked up two VCRs to each other and used scenes from Space Battleship Yamato, synced to the Beatles song All You Need Is Love, to create the first known anime music video. Uh, Ka- nothing was ever the same since. Yeah, Kapasis told the Japan Times he saw creating AMVs as a way to share his hobby and get practice with editing, as he was a communications major at the time. While not many fans would take the effort uh, to use VCRs to create anime music videos in the 80s or 90s, that changed in the early 2000s with both the rise of popularity of Japanese popular culture in the U.S., uh, and the switch to digitally digitally created AMVs, AMV screenings and contests are now a staple of U.S. anime conventions. And this is it really interesting, um, interesting to know that the, that he was the one responsible for this. Because I, you know, I've yeah. been I've been terminally online since I was able to use dial up. And so, obviously, anime music videos are something that I'm very intimately familiar with. Uh, Oh, my God. I downloaded so many Dragon Ball Z AMV videos to Linkin Park songs. Oh, absolutely. On (laughs) LimeWire. For me, it was mainly shorter form anime music videos that were... I don't know if anybody out here remembers this website, but if anybody does remember You're the Man Now, Dog, (YTMND) um it used to have the it was like what i consider the very earliest precursor to like vine and tiktok and it was they were like very short looping videos that were set to sound which could be any type of sound and sometimes were music and that was like the main like way i consumed short form anime content at, at that age um so yeah really really interesting to hear um about the history and just you know very very sad to hear that he's uh, since passed away um, but yeah, anything else, uh, anything else on your end about anime music videos before we move on, Dan?
0: No, I mean, the, I guess the same thing is like, I didn't know, uh, sadly, um, about, uh, James Kapus. I'm not even going to try. Um, but you know, it, it's, it is amazing how big a difference he made, you know, in this
1: community Absolutely, um, and,
0: and definitely a real loss. So part goes out
1: absolutely um moving on to our final news uh, item of this section um crunchyroll has revealed that it is quote-unquote hitting pause on this year's crunchyroll expo event uh, the company stated that it is deciding to focus on attending a growing roster of expos and festivals around the world crunchyroll did not reveal when the event would return this year's crunchyroll expo was scheduled for august 4th to the 6th in san jose california um this is an interesting development. Um, I think it, it might have to do with the fact that they, like they mentioned, they are expanding their their roster of, of convention appearances. I wonder if this means they're going to be sponsoring more conventions going forward. Well, because um, they sponsored
0: uh, Anime NYC, right? Yes, they
1: sponsored Anime NYC. They sponsored um, the last anime convention that they had in San Jose last year. Um, it's not the. It which, wasn't the Crunchyroll Expo. It was the actual Anime Expo for out there. Um, yes, though I I will note that they actually
0: did do the Crunchyroll Expo last year as well. Oh, which they did I think it at the same time. So they did. Um, they did a half virtual, half in person one. Mm. Uh, and what is intriguing to me about that is that they were off for like a few years because of COVID, came back last year, and now they're not doing it this year.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that maybe means that they've decided that they're, you know, maybe they they get better traction at conventions as opposed to having their own expo. I mean, I will say if that is connected to what we saw this year at Anime NYC with them having a very large slate of anime previews and premieres, uh, I'm actually all for it. I think that that's a dimension of uh, anime conventions that I would like to see expanded: is the opportunity to see some world premieres. Uh, Get some early episode tastes, um, you know, things like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, So with that out of the way, um, you know, I think it's uh, this is a good place for us to kind of dive right on into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode.
0: If you take out the sexualization of the young girl. That's a really strong sentence. (laughs) I think you have a decent show. (laughs) If you take out the bestiality of this show, it's still just trash. Get ready, best buds. We suffered for your entertainment. We have the hottest trash fires that are lighting up our... Cold winter. It's not that cold here. It's it's weird. It should have snowed by now. Um but anyway, yeah, let's dive right into it because there's some truly trashy stuff this season. Uh up first we have the Ice Blade Sorcerer Shall Rule the World, airing Thursdays on Crunchyroll. You shouldn't watch it, even though we're telling you when <laughs> it's available to watch. Um it comes to us from Cloudheart Studios who haven't done anything before. Um, the story goes as such. As the first commoner to attend the prestigious Arnold Academy of Sorcery, Ray White is immediately met with contempt from some of the students hailing from nobility. Unbeknownst to them, Ray's real identity is the famous ice blade sorcerer, a hero who'd led the country to victory in a past war and is one of the seven strongest sorcerers alive. Despite his legendary status, Ray wants nothing more than to live out an ordinary school life he never had. Ray quickly makes friends with <coughs> Arum, with some of the most influential students that to his kind uh uh, thanks to his kind and amiable nature unfortunately as those with nefarious motives begin to make their move Ray may soon have no choice but to use his true power to preserve the bonds that make his new life worthwhile um
1: this show's just bad like it's a bad isekai (laughs) this show is is trash um did you say it's a bad isekai
0: i mean i guess it's not an it's isekai. not an isekai. It, it feels no. like an isekai with the amount of like um
1: like exposition
0: dumps they'll do to explain the world
1: yeah this this show is trash in a way that the other shows on this list are is way different from the way the rest of them are trash um i think for me one of the things that it does so wrong is like it has that like okay have you did you ever watch full metal panic dan Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay, so for those of you out there who have watched Full Metal Panic, this show kind of does what that show does, where it has, like, this kid who talks like a military dude at, like, just a regular school, and it's, like, kind of cringe, but whereas it's, like, really funny in Full Metal Alchemist, and, like, they use it for comedic effect, in this it's just to, like, be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a super badass, and these are all just, like, some stupid, like, high school kids. And then there's also the fact that, like, it does the thing where it's like, oh, this kid's unpopular at school, but all the hottest girls in class are in love with him. Um, oh, my God.
0: Like, all of the women are in love with him. And they all don't really have any personalities past, like, the first, like, glance. Like, you have the pigtail Sundere who has nothing else going on other than she's a pigtailed Sundere. Yeah.
1: And then you have, like, the shy girl who's just really shy and really smart um, and then you have, like, the rich girl, who's, like, the rich, you know, princess woman. And, like, their entire personality is to just be the love interest. Like, they have no depth to them. Um, the story has no depth to it. Um, they don't the make The animation you... is wrong. Oh, the animation's so bad. Um, but, like, if it, if, as far as the story goes, like, it doesn't make you care at all about, like like it doesn't do enough to make you invest in the story like it's like okay you get one scene in the beginning of the first episode where it's like all right I, I guess apparently there was some kind of war but like I, it's over and they don't explain why it's still relevant so like who cares um yeah it's just bad dude the storytelling
0: is garbage the only thing I like about it is him and his roommate are like, so bro together oh my they God. remind me of jonesy and riley
1: from uh Ritter kenny <laughs> they do they're gym bro yeah they're they're like gym rat bros that's the only good yeah, thing about this show
0: they're like you want to
1: go to like magic academy and then like rip some hammer curls bud this show would be so much better if instead of if he just completely ignored his his harem and he just started a gay relationship with his roommate I, the only way I could see it would be show. somewhat interesting
0: at that point, but it would still have terrible animation. <laughs> yeah, the animation would still suck. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's oh, just the last point I want to make about the animation is that it's like they'll have an action scene and just like nothing will happen in it. And like, it'll just like he'll like slice the sword and do like a flip, but it's done with like the least amount of like cells drawn possible. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a good God. show. Don't don't watch this show. Not worth your time. The in terms of like if you want something to like hate watch, trust me there's going to be other things on this list. Yeah,
1: you're better off. I can think of at least two that I would rather hate watch on this list than than this one.
0: And actually I th- am going to say that for the next one.
1: Okay. Um yeah, so the next show on our our list of trash fire from winter twenty twenty three is Onimai. I'm now your sister, airing Thursdays on Crunchyroll, coming to us from Studio Bind, who did Mushoku Tensei. So like, <laughs> what
0: the fuck? Um, it is the second most pedigreed
1: animation studio on this list. Yeah. Um, anyway, as far as the story goes, self-professed home security guard Mahiro Oyama. Has not left his home in years, secluding himself in his room, playing erotic visual novels. Uh, This depraved lifestyle causes his prodigious sister Mihari to worry about his well-being. In hopes of solving this problem, she devises a plan to rehabilitate him back to normalcy. Um, The first part of Mihari's plan is to concoct a medicine that changes her brother's biological constitution into a bona fide female, much to Mahiro's vehement dismay. Stuck in this predicament, Mahiro has no choice but to live out his life as a cute girl until the effect wears off, if it ever does. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna get one thing out of the way to start. Um, okay, and that is they 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 don't they don't say this at all in the description, but it, by cute girl, what they mean is middle school girl who they lewd constantly. Um, yeah. So that's uncomfortable. Now- it has the if most uncomfortable t- O.P. I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Why? Because the whole thing is just in a, a, a thinly veiled allusion to the
1: clitoris? I mean, it, it's that and it also just features, you know, a a middle school girl in a variety of revealing swimsuits. Oh, yeah, that part, too. Yeah, that's awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the
0: thing that drives me nuts about this show is like a the animation is amazing. <laughs> the animation is it's, better than it has any right to be. It's beautiful. Um, it reminds me of um, oh god, do it yourself. Uh, yes, it does. Mostly because yeah. of the hairstyle, but but the character design and kind of the world is is similar. Yeah. Um, it also is is a little like um, the God. I can't remember any shows tonight. The Um, the one last season with the gyaru and they're like married. Oh yeah. Um, the one, yeah, I don't remember the one that I didn't like. Anyway, it it does similar things with the background, but aside from that, I think hidden in just the awful looting of an underaged girl um there's like actually kind of a sweet story about like a concerned sister trying to um
1: like help heal her hikikomori brother so i want to i actually want to talk about that because that's that's it's interesting <laughs> you brought that up um because i think they 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 get super close to almost doing that and then they just don't um but like one of the things that that bothers me about this show and this is actually a, a critique of the gender bending aspect uh, gender bender subgenre in anime in general um is that like you have this this idea that is basically total erasure of of trans people and it's like it, it, we're going to see it again you know it, it comes up with any time we're talking about gender bender anime it like it, out of all of the anime that we have, and
0: there's three this season. <laughs> there's three
1: just this season alone. But like, how many anime with trans characters can you can you name? I can think of maybe a th- three,
0: a few, but it usually does not work out well.
1: Yeah. So like, the idea of this whole the whole gender bending genre is problematic to start with. But like, moving pushing all that aside, I just wanted to make sure that this didn't pass without mentioning that. Um, the show, it, it almost approaches a wholesome story yeah. and then it just doesn't like, like for the perfect example is like when, when, um, when like he, he uh, you know, Mahiru's getting used to life in like a, a woman's body and, um, you know, they're, they're kind of having like a heart to heart about like, you know, going through menstruation and like stuff like that and then it's like okay time to put you in a swimsuit now and it's like come on yeah. like you oh you were right there you almost did it it's it's so weird because
0: like i i don't really understand who it's for other than broken people uh, Yeah, yeah um <laughs> but like it if they just didn't do the bad things, it would be a good show. Yeah, but, like but they do the bad things.
1: Like the, the like if you're reading, like I was reading the um, you know, reading the synopsis of this show before the season started, and I was like, okay, this show might be a little weird, but there's potential here. No, there isn't. Don't be fooled. There's no potential yeah, here. If, Nothing good happens if, here. When your bumpers
0: into commercials are just like sexy poses of a twer- 12 year old girl you have to like ask yourself what you're doing with your life
1: yeah my only other complaint about this show is that it has a really good ed and i don't like yeah that. The, Bad shows have good EDs. <laughs> the op music is good but the
0: visuals are cursed are are a lot yeah uh i do like the gyaru friend too for obvious reasons yeah there's a better gyaru friend on this list though <laughs> Uh I'll talk
1: about her when we get to uh, her. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, the, the list is getting interesting from here on out. Yeah. Um the the next show we have is uh Ayakashi Triangle, uh which airs Mondays on Crunchyroll, don't watch it, uh, from Studio Connect, who did Death March to a Parallel World Rhapsody and Slow Loop. Um Matsuri Kizumata. Kiz- Kaza. sound it out Dan you got (laughs) this there you go and Suzu Kanade, are childhood friends bonded by their shared ability to see Ayakashi, yokai in search of a life force to devour. However, in school their relationship deteriorates. As Suzu's one-sided feelings are growing, so is the difference in their Ayakashi views. Matsuri considers all Ayakashi a threat to his friend, while Suzu is an Ayakashi medium, someone who exudes an excessive amount of life force compared to the average human, and loves them all despite the risk. When the two stumble across a talking white cat named Shirogane, they are unaware that he is a 400-year-old Ayakashi known as the King of Ayakashi. He is hell-bent on gaining more power by devouring Suzu, but Matsuri swoops in and tries to save her by sealing Shirogane's power. The Ayakashi uses a jutsu to turn him into a girl instead, and there's our other... Gender Ben, uh, Matsuri vows to protect Suzu from further harm as her best friend, but must learn to act like a girl until his grandfather, a famous wind jutsu, exorcist ninja, can undo the jutsu. Meanwhile, Suzu must work out her romantic feelings for Matsuri now that he is no longer a boy. When Matsuri takes the king as his pet, the future of the two friends seem uncertain. Again, this is not how you do a gender bend. This is no, it's the not. horny horny way of doing it where you're like, "What? I have boobs now. Let me spend 2 minutes squeezing them on screen."
1: Yeah, like I was when I when I watched the first episode of the show, I was like, you know, initially I was like, "Okay, I can see where this is going. I can, okay, there's a gender bending aspect. This could still be good." And then the last 5 minutes of the episode is just him squeezing his boobs. And I was like, "Okay, so here we are." Um fun side
0: Fact for this one, there is only one other language dub of
1: this, and it's not English; it's German. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what so, that says about I, the the country <laughs> of Germany, but I don't think it's good. Um, and then I I had a realization while watching this one. Oh and God, I, feel I can't like wait really to hear, hear this. Okay,
0: are you ready? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Um, so whenever you have an anime. That covers up nudity with animals or cherubs, you know it's going to be trash. Okay, interesting. Because that means that they need a mechanism in which to cover up nudity excessively until they release it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Which means that they're angling for the thirst.
1: And I mean, there's another show on this list that also does that, and that's absolutely 100% true. Um, right
0: right (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely. so if you see that in an anime you know what you're in store for and it also reminds me of the goddess at mother's dormitory because they did it in that one too yes they
1: did um but yeah aside from the fact that it is just horny trash let's uh let's talk a little bit about why the show is also trash in other ways um i think one of the big things the sticky points for me was the dialogue the dialogue just feels really bad like it's not it doesn't flow naturally. It just, just seems really stilted. The story is not compelling at all, at least not to me. What did you think, Dan? <laughs> no, it's it's basic as
0: fuck. It's like just a shade better than Ice Blade
1: Sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, like this is just a, a generic, kind of poorly constructed anime whose only gimmick is, hey, the guy's a girl now and he likes to touch his tits um yeah i mean if that's your kind of thing (laughs) i'll judge you but like not as harshly as if you're into onimai i guess yeah i i mean there's
0: there's better ways to get that out there i honestly i don't have much to say about this show because it's thirsty and it's boring
1: (laughs) yeah it is like there are thirsty shows on this list that are less boring and we're going to talk about that (laughs) the next one
0: which is Yeah, why don't you why don't you hit us with which is probably my least favorite show on this list.
1: Really? This one's your least favorite? That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about yeah, that in a second. Easily. That's interesting. Cuz this one is probably my favorite show on this list. <laughs> what? I mean that, that's that's saying <laughs> a lot because be I don't anymore. <laughs> I don't like any of the shows on this list, but out of all of them this is the one I hate the least. Um and, wow. and because at least it's funny. Um Ah, is it? (laughs) It is. It's funny in the kind of way that it's like, oh, like, this is problematic, but it's funny. Um, I think Onomai is more funny. I don't. Uh, Anyway, next on the list, we have My Life as Inukai-san's Dog, which uh, releases Thursdays on High Dive. Don't watch it. Um, And it comes from Studio Quad, who did Miss Kuroitsu from the monster development department, which is actually pretty good and wholesome. Um, So wild left turn for them here. Uh, But the story goes, uh, on a raining afternoon, a male high school student awakens, freezing on the streets with no memory of how he got there. His classmate and crush, Karen Inukai, finds him and takes him back to her home, where, to his surprise, she starts to undress. Uh, She seems intent on bathing with him, though he has no idea why. When she holds him once more, he catches a glimpse of himself in the mirror, discovering that he has turned into a dog. Uh, Inukai adopts the puppy and names him Pochita. Love it. Um, no relation, no relation. Now he must adjust to life as a dog and figure out how to get out of this strange predicament. But while he mulls over an escape plan, Pochita sees a whole new side to Inukai that he never saw at school. Here's a hint. It's her ass. Um, (laughs) it's, it's everything. (laughs) This show, this show. Okay. So the thing that I think separates it from, from every other show on this list is it knows exactly what it is and it does not try to hide it. Because in the first 10 minutes, she is taking a naked bath with her dog, um, the way normal people do, you know? <sighs> no?
0: So for me, the thing that makes this unbearable is that she has an incredibly inappropriate relationship with that, her dog. Yeah, I, if- I have two dogs. And I
1: can promise you, I have never sucked on their nose. Yeah, that was really weird. She like, 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 you know how like a dog will lick your face? She licks back. Like specifically yeah. his his nose, like okay. licking her dog's nose in the bath with him. How how many episodes did you make into it? I think I watched three
0: or maybe four. Okay. Did you see the end of three when she shows up in, the, in yes. dog lingerie, oh my god, yes, yes, that. But that was when I was <laughs> like, okay, I have to put the show down now. I, I was like, I'm done. The, like, you can't force me to watch episode four after that cliffhanger. I was planning
1: like, to watch this show as like a hate watch because it's only okay. So the other part of that is that this show is only it's a half length episode, so they're only like ten minutes each. Um, So I was like, yeah, I'll watch an episode of this just as a fucking giggle every now and then. Just say, oh, look at this shitty show I'm watching. No. No, it's uh,
0: there's like too many scenes where like the dog ends up like in her underwear or like pressed up against her like nether regions. You know, like like a dog does. It is. It is. It is riding that bestiality line way too hard It, it is. And I do not approve it is
1: too close to the bestiality line to where to the point where I don't want to find out if it ever crosses it cause it just it very well might um yeah uh, you know
0: other I mean for me so the reason why I say that I would take Onamai is that like if you take out the sexualization of the young girl that's a really strong I... sentence <laughs> I think you have a decent show. If you take out the bestiality of this show, it's still just trash.
1: I'm going to make that. I'm going to make sure. It's just 10 minutes. I'm going to make sure they read that sentence at your funeral.
0: It's probably going to be at my deposition. If you take
1: out the sexualization of the middle schooler, it's actually not a bad show. Oh my God. This is how we get canceled. This is, listen, I've been canceled. Okay. Um, no, but like, okay, so the reason why I think this show is better than Onimai is that like Onimai, like, I understand what they're doing is comedic, but I can't get past the middle school thing. At least this one is so ridiculous that I can kind of get past the, the the doggone girl part of it all and just like laugh at it. Like laugh at how bad it is. Like it's one of those shows that I enjoy the way that you enjoy like watching the room kind of. Where the show is a yeah, joke of itself. It's like, I suppose. I
0: the thing that upsets me is that I think there are probably people out there who just genuinely like both of these shows. And oh, they're, they're definitely. Not are. To come over. They're not allowed <laughs> in my apartment.
1: Um the other the other trashy part of this show is that it is it basically. You know the, the 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 meme about anime camera angles. This is that yeah. meme the show because obviously he's a yeah. dog so he's low. Um so yeah, you get all of the the anime camera angle memes out of this show. Um Yeah. I basically uh, my last thought on this show is I'm calling the ASPCA. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 interact with your pets like this folks. This is weird. Don't do it. Your parents will cry. Oh. Um, but thankfully that brings us to the
0: cherry on top of our trash fire cake. (laughs) To the next thing that'll make your
1: parents cry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This one. Okay. So this one is like just so insanely absurd. And I don't know how we even figured out it was going on. I do. I I want to actually
1: tell this story. Um, Because we, we were looking for, um, and when we were working on our previous episode, we were looking at news stories for, to fill out our news, uh, section. And I saw, um, a news headline, I think it was on Anime News Network, but it was like, oh, pole dancing anime. And I was like, oh, Dan, we missed a pole dancing anime this season. Um, and then we came to find out what this show really is, which take it away, Best Boy Dan. Oh my God. I can't
0: wait. So it's called Pole Princess. Of course it is. Um, and uh, oh god, it's it's so good, guys. Uh, <laughs> so it airs on Fridays on YouTube. Um, it comes to us, and this is my favorite part of this whole thing from Tatsunoko Production, who have done a couple of things you might have heard of, like Evangelion, Psychopaths, Ping Pong the Animation macross gotcha man and literally hundreds more one of the most pedigreed studios out there <laughs> yeah um yeah i was not prepared for that at all yeah all right so here's the story oh it no, centers no Dan, on... you gotta
1: tell them where
0: you gotta tell them where they're releasing it
1: in case the, oh yeah the it's, people on watch it. it's on youtube it's on youtube
0: um the story centers on hinano a normal mild-mannered 17 year old girl Since she was very young, her grandmother ran a planetarium that Hinano loved, but one day Hinano found out that the planetarium would be closing soon. Hinano worried about whether there was anything she could do for her grandmother and for the planetarium, and she coincidentally one day catches sight of a woman dancing on a pole under a starry night. (laughs) She gathers her friends, and together they set up a stage in the planetarium to perform shows, and they jump into the world of pole dancing. Yes, they do. Um, so, okay, there's a couple of things, like, alone, right off the bat. Grandma's planetarium is shutting down because not enough people are going. Obviously, the only way to save it is by pole dancing.
1: This is is the opposite story of that one aquarium show that we watched. (laughs) If they started pole dancing, maybe they would have saved Grandpa's aquarium.
0: I mean, right? Uh, So you you have that whole aspect of it which is just absurd and hilarious on its own. Aspect number 2.
1: Uh all of the
0: animation is just vtuber animation. It's so bad. It is
1: literally like if you if you watch the way like if you watch a Galguda stream like the way her avatar just kind of moves and it's not like it's it's just like super like not like unreal and like not very good. Like, it's good for what it is, which is, like, a virtual avatar, but, like, imagine an entire anime done like that. It's just bad. But it's it's
0: not only just that. It's, like, there was one scene where she's talking with her, her friend in the planetarium, and they don't move. From where they're standing, no, so they're they just don't. standing facing each other, and the top half of their bodies move, which is why I'm almost convinced that it's all mocap VTuber like stuff. Oh, man. And the background looks like the background of like an otome game. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Like all of this stuff, like this is the worst of what animation has to <laughs> offer. It,
1: it it is maybe the worst animation I have ever seen. I, I in... It- anything in order to get a proper spectrum like of what this kind of animation looks like compared to good animation you need to put like trigun stampede side by side with this show to understand like the full range i i think my eyes would just start bleeding
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, um but yeah so so you have like this awful animation you have this just absurd story and there's just like nothing about it that like makes a passable show.
1: Yeah, the, the whole And it blows my mind that it came from Tatsunoko production. Yeah, the whole the whole premise is just absolutely out of control. Um
0: I love that they find the um just like some random woman pole dancing in the middle of the night and then they're like, hey teach us that and she's like I can't, my school's closing because I don't have any students. And they're like, we want to be your students. And she's like, I can't, we're closing because we don't have any students.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Listen, she doesn't have any students. What, whatever is she going to do? But they want to be her students. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't have any students, Dan. So, she doesn't have yeah, any students, it's... Dan. Do you have anything else
0: to say about this this flaming trash fire?
1: I'm so glad we found it. Just the perfect way to round off our our trash fire list for this 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 episode. Like, yeah exactly. do you this is the only one this is the only one that i'm going to recommend you do go watch just for the, like oh, yeah, just for to sure. see how bad it is like all of the other shows yeah. were like problematic like morally on some level or just bad <laughs> this one is so bad you should you should get an idea of how bad it is like hop on youtube yeah, and just um just get a look
0: watch episode zero and
1: episode one
0: they're both subbed um and they are just hysterically
1: bad. They're only like 7 minutes long too. Yeah. Um so give it a give it a give it a good look there. Um yeah. but yeah, so that brings us to the end of our episode for this week. Um I hope you guys enjoyed uh getting a taste of of the trash fire that we watched so that you don't have to um let us know what other shows that we missed. Is there anything trashier than what we have on this list? Do you think that any of these shows are good actually don't let us know if you think that um, but hit us up on Instagram at bestboys, uh underscore pod uh, or you can send us an email at the best at gmail.com We would love to hear from you um, yeah and what I will say is we went through a
0: lot of trash this week we covered a lot of good shows last week don't worry we got a palate cleanser for you coming up um, we're, we're gonna hit you with some of the
1: best shows ever. Yeah. Next time. That's right. We're making a return of a series that maybe you remember if you've been listening to the podcast long enough. Um, But yeah, so that does it for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye.